0: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are breaking down all of the preseason action. Who's hot, who's not, and what are the rotations that we need to be paying attention to. Let's go! Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant, to Jack. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Case, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Like we said, we're going through some of the pre-season action today, guys. Uh, drafts are happening this weekend. They might have already happened for you guys. So, uh, first of all, let me know how your draft has gone, if you've had it already, or if you're going to have it. How are you feeling? Are you prepared? Are you ready? If you are new to the channel, check out. We've got lots and lots of fantasy basketball content for you guys to check out. So, make sure you guys are subscribed. Thumb this video up. And, uh, yeah, you can spend a little while browsing through the videos, all the stuff that we've got going on, sleepers, busts, breakouts, uh, who depends with your first round player, mock drafts, heaps and heaps of mock drafts. So, lots of stuff for you guys to have a look at, but today we're just going to browse through some of the major takeaways from the NBA preseason. I'm going to start by talking about the notable rotation adjustments, some of the uh, position battles that we were keeping an eye on, some of the surprises, things that maybe we didn't see coming, some of the ones that we weren't sure of but had predictions, and, and how they've all shaped out. So I'm just going to go through team by team. I'm not going to go through every single team because a lot of them are just uh, obvious. Some of the ones we thought happened did happen, so 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 more just the ones where there's a little bit more uncertainty. So I'm going to start uh, with the Miami Heat. It looks like uh, Caleb Martin has grabbed the starting power forward spot in the absence of B.J. Tucker. Um, So again, he looks like someone who doesn't have the most exciting fantasy stat set, but does have a little bit of upside at the end of your drafts. Um, Not someone who's going to score a whole bunch, but he'll get you decent rebounds, steals, blocks, uh, hit you over a three per game. Um, just pretty solid across the board. Um, someone you can grab late without a super-duper high upside, but someone who might be sneaky fantasy value, especially in deep leagues. I know I grabbed him in the uh, 30 Dynasty deep uh, league that we are running over at Fantasy Basketball International. I'm pretty happy with him there. Um So he seems to be starting at power forward. Um Everything else is pretty much the same. There was some talk about in jumping in there, but I don't think that that's happening. Um, Jovic is the other one who was played there a little bit at times, so he has looked decent in preseason, but it looks like Caleb Martin is going to be the guy that starts there and plays in the majority of minutes, I would have thought. Um, so that is Miami. Moving over to... We're going to jump all around the place today, guys. Moving to Utah. Uh, interesting starting rotation for them, guys. So we've got uh, Olenek, Larry Markinen and Vanderbilt all starting in their front court. We were sort of weren't sure who was going to start, who was going to come off the bench, what was happening with Walker Kessler. So it looks like they are starting with a few of those... I don't want to say vets because Markkinen and Vanderbilt are still young, but Olenek starting at center, Markkinen at power forward, and Vanderbilt at the small forward position. Um, kind of a semi-jumbo starting lineup there, similar to like what they did in Cleveland. Lowry, Markin looks really good. He looks like he's going to have a high usage role this season, so he's going to be scoring a lot of points and threes, good rebounds. Um, Olenek... Obviously some or, or gains some additional value moving over from Detroit. I wasn't sure if he would have much of a role, but it looks like they are going to be starting him. Um, so he definitely gets a boost and is a good um, player to take in the late rounds. Not sure if it'll last all season as the Utah Jazz inevitably figure out, or, or they probably already do know that they're really bad and they're going to be playing a more of their younger guys down the stretch of the season. Um, so he might be the one of these three to, I think, eventually move to the bench. Um, and Vanderbilt is starting at their three. So all three of them should have decent value. and probably the most out of all of them. Um, and the other interesting thing over here in Utah is the fact that Colin Sexton has come off the bench all of their preseason games. So for me, that definitely bumps Colin Sexton down my draft boards. I'm not a real big fan of Colin Sexton in drafts this season. I mean, there was a period when I thought he was going to get all the usage in the world that he was, he definitely rose on my board. I'm going to be knocking him back down. I don't think I'm really keen to take him inside the top 90 he, even when he does get lots of minutes, he's good at scoring, but he's very bad at a lot of other things. So, for me, there's just a bit of downside for Colin Sexton, especially if he isn't starting. He might still have really high usage off the bench, but it just caps a bit of ceiling for me. So, Sexton I'm a little bit down on. Um, they've played Beasley there, they've played Clarkson at the starting shooting guard, So and it looks like Conley will be starting at point guard this season. So, she, he should have good value. Um, late round guy to start the season again, like Olenek, could see a lot of rests and bit of a shutdown risk towards the end of the season, or a trade risk, if that as well. So, um, very interesting starting lineup there for Utah. Um, the biggest winners there, I think, are Linux and Market, And Vanderbilt maintains his high value. Um, maybe a bit of a hit to his rebounds, playing a small forward as opposed to the power forward position, but should still be solid in what he does. So, um, that over there is Utah. Christian Wood is confirmed to be coming off the bench. There was a few people in the comments before when I did my minutes projection saying there's no way Christian Wood's coming off the bench. He looks like he is. Uh, JaVale McGee is going to be the starter at centre. Um, I still think Wood has been the first guy off the bench every time he's out there. So he still will get minutes in the mid to high 20s. Um, it's not as good as if he was starting playing next to Luca as much and he was maybe getting minutes in the, the mid... 30s. I don't know if that's going to be happening, but he should still be getting minutes. I'd say in the high 20s, 28 per night sounds about right. Um, so I'm not too worried, and I don't think we should be getting super excited about JaVal McGee by any stretch. But it, it does just uh, just wanted to reassure everyone here that he is coming off the bench, and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie might be. He started today in the last preseason game. They were saying that he's going to come off uh, come off the bench, but. I don't know, there's not really an obvious person to replace him. Maybe it is someone like a Hardaway. Um, there was talks about... Um uh, who was it? Someone else coming off, uh, starting on the on the team as well. So I don't know if that one's confirmed just yet. The talk is that he will come off the bench, and it does kind of just take a little bit of the shine away from uh, Dinwiddie. They've got a lot of guys that kind of play that kind of role that are off the bench, um, creators uh, like a Tim Hardaway Jr., like a Christian Wood, who's going to be a higher usage guy in that bench unit. Um, so look. If his minutes stay high, he's still going to do what he does. I'd expect a very similar season from Dinwiddie to to last year. I know Brunson is gone, so we expected maybe him to take a little bit of a step forward. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. I think he's just a late-round guy. The percentages are rough again. No steals or blocks. Um, you know, he's just he's just a bit whatever Spencer Dinwiddie. So he's a fine guy to take late, but I'm just not super excited. But yeah, um, not a whole lot of value on the Dallas Mavericks in general this year. It's it's Luca, then daylight, and then Christian Wood, daylight again. Then you got your Dinwiddies and Dorian Finney-Smiths and all those sort of guys at the back end there. So. Let's move on now to uh, the uh, the Boston Celtics, my boys. Um, it looks like they're going to be starting small, or at least they have done in the preseason with all their guys uh, healthy, whilst um, Robert Williams is injured. So they started today with Derek White as their starting shooting guard. They might mix and match that between Derek White, Brogdon. Uh, Grant Williams did come off the bench today, but... Um, this is not hugely impactful, but I just did want to highlight it because it does allow a little bit more time for Brogdon and Derek White to get out on the court. I think that Brogdon is a bit of a winner from the Robert Williams and Gallinari injuries because I think they're going to play smaller more often. Grant Williams should still get his decent minutes, mid, sorry, high 20s, I would, I would assume. Um, so he's someone that. Has a little bit of late-round appeal, especially in a deeper league when I just don't think he has super high upside. Probably a better roto player than a head-to-head guy. Uh, so maybe maybe he has deep league value, but coming off the bench still not super enthused by that. But I do think this is good news for Malcolm Brogdon and potentially a Derek White who uh, doesn't get a lot of chatter, but still might be someone that we want to consider maybe streaming in for some assists and steals. Um, so he is someone that, you know, Maybe he's not worth a draft pick, but at least it's worth uh, putting on your watch list and sort of seeing what happens over there in the Celtics uh, rotation, how many minutes he gets, how much usage he gets on this team. Um, from the Celtics to the uh, cross country rivals, the Lakers, Russell Westbrook. Sorry, Russell Westbrook. I didn't actually mean that one. Westbrook looks like he was coming off the bench today. I've been very down on Westbrook all preseason. He then got an, a hamstring injury um, and didn't return. No real reports as to how serious it is, but it's just not good. It's really, really not good. I am fading Russell Westbrook wherever I possible. I'm not drafting him. I've not drafted him in a single league. I've not really ever considered drafting him in a single league. There's just red flag after red flag for me for Russell Westbrook. I just don't see him getting the minutes, the usage... Um, even when he does, his negatives far outweigh the positives that he brings to the NBA um, and to our fantasy teams this day and age. He might be okay in a points league as a flyer, but even then there's significant downside compared to where he's drafting that he just doesn't see the court enough, um, that, that he's you know not happy with his role. There's all these footage of him not coming to huddles and, and not talking to his teammates and all these sort of things. So... Look, there's a lot of smoke there. There's a lot of smoke there. You know, they're taking him coming off the bench. I think that it's just there's too much risk here for me to to worry about Russell Westbrook in fantasy leagues. The other thing for the Celt- uh, sorry for the uh, Lakers, uh, is that Davis seems to be starting at center as he should. Uh, I don't know why he has an issue playing at center, and this means that other players are getting onto the court. Um, you know, you've got Patrick Beverley looks like he's starting a decent late round flyer. Um, but it just affects those other centers in uh, Thomas Bryant, Damon, Damian Jones. I don't think they have much value. And I wouldn't really bother taking a flyer on them in standard leagues uh, either. I just don't think that there's very much upside there. I was never really keen on those guys. Um, and, and subscribers would know that I haven't really had them ranked at any point inside my top 156. So, yeah, don't really think there's a much point of a flyer on those guys. Heading back over to the East Coast Orlando. Today, uh, Mobamba started next to Wendell um, Carter Jr. with Suggs and Fultz out, so they started big again. Not really what I wanted to see, but it does maybe mean that Mobamba is worth a flyer with maybe your last or second to last pick. I don't think that it's going to be something they stick with for long term, but just in case, just in case they do. He does obviously have some very high upside with the blocks and we know blocks are hard to find this season so he is someone that should be drafted in most leagues if you need the blocks. If you don't need the blocks then don't worry about it. If you're punting that category then just ignore him. It's fine. Um, But I think that Eventually, I don't think Fultz is too far away. He's training now without uh, a boots, and his you know it was just a broken toe. It wasn't like a a fractured foot or anything like that. So it's something that he is going to be back from. I think relatively quickly. Suggs may be taking a little bit longer, and they still might even go with someone like a Terrence Ross. Um, they might even have um, Gary Harris come back soon as well. So I'm not getting super excited about Mo Bamba, but I will concede that he is worthwhile drafting in most standard leagues as a flyer in case they do repeat the uh, the big lineup with Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba starting together or playing more minutes together because we know Bamba is a good fantasy per minute producer. So just wanted to shout that one out. I think we will start to see a few more Franz Wagner point guard minutes, um, some Paolo point guard minutes because they are, they've they down a couple of their guards in the rotation early in the season. So it should help both their assists I still think that they're, especially for Paolo, that the efficiency is going to be rough, the turnovers are going to be high, um, but he, look, he's looked better these last couple of games than the first couple where I was a little bit concerned, um, but there's still something that just makes me hesitate with Parlo this season, um, and just, I, do, I don't think he's going to be the highest-ranked rookie this season, uh, and my thoughts on uh, the rookies this season are well-documented, so... Moving across to Memphis and the Grizzlies, Santi Aldama was the early uh, preseason hype guy. He looks to have the starting power forward position locked down over Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark was guy, was a guy that we were all very excited about um, very early on in the off-season, um, thinking that he would elevate with Jaron Jackson Jr. out. He still looks decent, and he still will have value in terms of his field goal percentage. He'll give you a trickle of, of blocks and steals. Nothing super exciting, but it's just and it's not enough for me to really reach for him inside the top 110 120 to um you know because Jaron Justin Jr will eventually be back and i don't think we're going to get enough of a boost in his um stats to see him be anything more than a late round flyer pick um you know before he was going to go into the the top 100 the top 90s people were taking him i just don't think it's worthwhile at that point anymore he's ranked on yahoo inside the top 80 i think that's big bust potential so for me yeah i, th- I definitely do think this hurts um clark's value santi Aldama's look decent we'll talk about him a little bit later on when we talk about the uh, standout and hype guys so that's a rotation uh, that we should be taking uh uh, look at. Over in Detroit, um, it looks like that Bagley was going to be starting, um, but now with his injury, Isaiah Stewart has moved to the center's position. Boyan Bogdanovich has moved to the power forward. Bagley looks like he's going to be out for about four weeks, four plus weeks, I would assume. Um, he's not really a good player at all, so maybe this is a blessing in disguise for Detroit. I think this also helps the flyer chances for a player like Jalen Duran. He goes from having Olenek, Bagley, and Stewart all ahead of him to now just having Isaiah Stewart ahead of him. So he should get solid backup minutes behind Isaiah Stewart. And Isaiah Stewart isn't the best center in the league. He, he sometimes has foul troubles. Um, he can go hot and cold. So I think that Jalen Durant is worth a flyer as a backup center, and he is going to be their future. They've talked a lot about Isaiah Stewart playing power forward as well, so maybe you see some minutes of both of them playing together, especially down the stretch. Bojan Bogdanovic might be pushed a little bit more to a bench role. would see his minutes reduced. It might be rough early on in the season, so... You might need to be patient or it might not be worth it, but he is someone that I'm definitely at least having on my watch list. I think there's big potential for Jalen Duran, especially if you do need those. The rebounds, look, they're they're in a huge amount of volume. I think the blocks and field goal percentage will come as well. So I do like Jalen Duran as a long-term kind of high upside guy over in Detroit. Again, another rookie that we should be taking note of over in San Antonio. Jeremy Sohan looks like he's going to be starting for the, the Spurs at power forward. There was talks about him and and, uh, Bates Diop as well. The other guy that we thought was going to be there was Dougie McBuckets, who looks like he's going to be playing exclusively at small forward. Um, Now, Jeremy Sohan is not going to be someone that's going to completely wow you with his stat sets. A little bit similar to like a Caleb Martin that we spoke about earlier. He's going to be giving you decent defensive stats, steals and blocks. He's a decent passer, so you might get some assists here and there. The rebounds might be okay, but the shooting will probably be rough, the percentages will be poor, and he's not going to score a whole lot. So he will fit only certain builds, really, in your fantasy league. So if you are punting points, if you're punting either one of the percentages, I imagine he's going to be a bit better. Uh, but especially that punt points, I don't think he's going to contribute much there at all. And it's really going to be a, uh, it's kind of like a Robert Covington light kind of situation, maybe without the threes. So the opportunities there. Is the fantasy stat set or the ability there yet? I don't know if it will, is. So I'm, I'm still not taking him super high or early in drafts. I'm taking him as a last round flyer. If he's on your waiver wife, you've already had your draft and you've got someone who's just kind of sitting there, there's no real upside, I would make the switch. I think he has some upside, some ceiling to his game, but it might be a case of just being extremely patient or... You know, Maybe it doesn't come in his rookie season. He is a bit of a raw player. I don't think that he's going to blow us away early on in the season, but there is a chance that he does come in very good and and surprise us. I know he's a lot higher than this, but surprise us like someone like a Herb Jones is the kind of player that we're kind of talking about. If the steals aren't that good and he does develop his three-point shot better than what we have seen in college, there is that potential there for Jeremy Sohan. But... Again, not the super most exciting rookie to be drafting. I did want to just touch on the Charlotte Hornets. Mason Plumley is locked in, obviously, as their starting center. We're not going to see Mark Williams as their starting center, which is a shame for us fantasy coaches. So he is someone who obviously has a bit of upside if he does see the court, but it's not to be to start. Mason Plumley will be there. LaMelo Ball obviously injured his ankle and is going to be out to start the season. I don't think they're going to replace him with uh, a traditional point guard I think that you're going to see Terry Rozier slide over to the point guard position, and my pick is Kelly Oubre to step into that starting role as well. You could also see Cody Martin step in there as well. They're the two. I think both of them get a decent boost because of that injury, and you'll see a boost to Terry Rozier's assist numbers to start the year. And also, PJ Washington, I think will get a boost to his scoring and uh, assist numbers as well because he is probably you know outside of Gordon Hayward and Rozier he's probably their third best scorer which is um for someone who's not really much of a uh a points guy is a little worrying for the, for the the uh the Charlotte Hornets because uh without LaMelo their, their team does look a little bit bare so i think uh yeah with Mason Plumlee starting LaMelo ball injured there's a few guys that get a slight bump but no one who really steps into the um into the limelight and gets a huge role as a result of those things Let's head over to Chicago. Uh, the Bulls have made named Ayo Desumnu as their starting point guard while Lonzo Ball is out, so not Alex Caruso. Don't be drafting him around pick 100 like he's ranked on Yahoo's sites. Ayo Desumnu is going to be their starting point guard. I think he is worth a flyer in your last couple of rounds of the draft. At rounds 13 or 14, I think he's fine. He should be decent enough in assists. I don't think he's going to blow you away, but he... He put up okay stats last year when he was playing lots of minutes. I don't think the minutes are going to be that high, but maybe he's just a little bit better in his second year in the NBA. So I definitely am okay with taking Desumnu as sort of a late-round flyer pick. He should have decent opportunity. Uh, And Javante Green looks like he's starting at power forward at the moment over Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams did have a decent game. I think it was yesterday or the day before, but that was without um, Levine. And I think DeRozan didn't play that game as well. So I think that... That positional battle will continue to go throughout the season and it wouldn't surprise me if Patrick Williams overtakes Javonte Green later on, but it does. When Patrick Williams' fantasy game isn't that great to begin with, he is dropping a lot in my Flyers rankings and I don't know if he's really worth much of a Flyer in standard leagues, maybe in a deeper league. Maybe if you just really believe in Patrick Williams, he's not the worst Flyer, but I do think this dents his opportunity. And when his stat set isn't the most alluring to begin with. It, it definitely just makes me kind of look elsewhere. His appeal was the fact that I thought he was going to be getting 30 minutes a night and perhaps he can just take that next step up. Whereas, um, you know, someone like we're going to mention later, like a uh, Tari Eason, we know he's going to bring the stats. His stat set is amazing. He doesn't need 30 minutes. He only needs like 22, 24. So you're just hoping for that little bit of increase in minutes. Whereas, hoping for a complete change in his game or his game style and to the minutes now, it's it's not it's not good. So I don't think that Patrick Williams is a guy that I'm really targeting as a late-round flyer anymore. And then the last rotational thing that we're going to talk about here is Josh Hart starting for the uh, Portland Trailblazers at small forward. He sort of has won the battle between him and Nasir Little, who was the other guy that I thought had the chance to be the starter in that position. I do want to just shout out um, that... Josh Hart, you know, whilst he might be starting for the uh, the Blazers at small forward, Shaden Sharp is a guy that I'm, I'm keeping my eye on. I think he's looked really decent, and I know how high the Portland Trailblazers were on him in the draft process. There is a world where I think that Shaden Sharp could take over that role from Josh Hart in the in the future, depending on how the season goes for the Trailblazers. You know, or or the other option is that Josh Hart starts. And doesn't play starters minutes and you see Shaden Sharp get minutes into the mid to high 20s. And and I do think there is a world, there is a possibility that Shaden Sharp could be fantasy relevant this season uh, earlier than we might expect. He is someone who was a very, very much the mystery box in the draft. So we don't really have a concrete stat set to go off with him. So... You know, I definitely, 100% needs to be in everyone's watch list. Absolutely needs to be in everyone's watch list. I don't think he's worth drafting in standard leagues just yet, but there is no reason you shouldn't be at least watching his box scores for the first couple of weeks of the season and see if something comes so you can be quick on the trigger and jump on him if something does change over in Portland. All right, let's head over to the preseason standouts, the guys where I'm going to be asking, is the hype real? Okay, so a couple of guys, well, a few guys here, actually, that have looked really good in preseason, and I'm going to be answering the question, is the hype real or is the hype fake? Should we be getting as excited as we are about these guys, or are we pushing back and have we gone too far? So, the first guy that I'm going to target here is Tyrese Maxey. Now, This is one, again, you probably already know if you've seen my bus show. I am not in on Tyrese Maxey, especially where he's going. He was very much hyped up to start this preseason, shooting the lights out, very, very efficient. But if you look at his box scores, he'll have like one rebound, one assist, um, and no steals or blocks. He's just not a guy that gives you complete fantasy value. He's very much reliant on efficient shooting. He's very much the Michael Porter Jr., the mini Michael Porter Jr. for me this season. I think he's a better player, more dynamic player than Michael Porter Jr. He can probably get his own shot a bit easier. But, yeah, he just doesn't give you anything else. At least Michael Porter can give you rebounds and he can give you a block per game. Tyrese Maxey with James Harden around, he's not a point guard. He's not going to give you huge assists. So, I just think that there's there's a lot of downside with Tyrese Maxey where he's going a draft. So, I'm more on the Tyrese Maxey at pick 80 pick eighty five that's where I like him, but he's going sixty fifty five um that's way too early for me. I think that there's only downside from that point he was he was sixty third I think last season from a nine category point of view so and and that was you know with the majority of the season without James Harden being there and there's significant scope that his shooting is not going to be as efficient as it was last season and I should mention that the last game he played. Yeah, I think he only put up nine points on like 20% shooting. So make sure you look at all of the games. He had like three big ones before this last one, which was a bit of a stinker. And even when you take into account all of those games, the fantasy value is not really there. So don't fall for the trap of Tyrese Maxey's hype. The next guy I am pretty keen on. Wendell Carter Jr. looks good. He looks really good in preseason. He's a guy that I did really like in the preseason. Uh, sorry, not preseason. Before his draft, his rookie year, he was known as the Block Panther. Um, his blocks have dried up these last couple of years. He's looking better. He's looking better. I think that his assists are looking nice. He's playing uh, a bit of a facilitating role. He, uh, Franz, and Paolo are passing the ball around to each other very, very nicely. So I think that he's going under the radar a little bit. I think there is a little bit of value with him. I would much rather someone like Wendell Carter Jr. than, say, like a um, a Yusuf Nurkic. I kind of see them almost as similar kind of mold players, but I just think that Wendell Carter has a much higher upside. The rebounds are nice. If he can get those blocks back, or he can improve those free throw percentage, or both... He could realistically he could realistically finish inside the top 50. He has that kind of an upside. Um, the field goal percentage, points, rebounds, and assists from a big man are very nice. He's not going to get you steals. Um, maybe there's a three in there as well. So he's, he's got a lot of avenues to improve his fantasy stats at this season. So I think that he is someone that I like in those mid-rounds. So Wendell Carter Jr., uh, I am buying the hype for Wendell Carter Jr., and I'm selling the hype of Tyrese Maxey. All right, this is the next guy here. Um, he is he's the main guy this, this preseason in terms of hype. Tari Eason. Now, if you're a long-term listener, or at least have been listening since this draft, uh, I think that you know my thoughts on Tari Eason. I love the guy. I think he is an awesome player. His energy is infectious. He's an, an amazing offensive rebounder. He gets you steals. He gets you blocks. He is just someone who is awesome on the fast break. He's, he's a stat-getting machine. I think we do need to pump the brakes a little bit on where we're taking him in fantasy drafts for, for for redrafts for this season. He's going to be stuck behind Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon will start at small forward this season. He is going to be starting there because the Houston Rockets want to showcase as if, you know, people don't know who Eric Gordon is. <laughs> I don't know why, but they're going to be showcasing Eric Gordon as the starting small forward. He does also provide a good bit of spacing for them as well. So it, it allows players like Jalen Green... Um, Kevin Porter Jr. to get into the lanes, which I can understand. Um, So he's going to be starting at small forward. You also then have Sean Tate, Jabari uh, Smith there as well. Now, I expect that Eason should be prioritized over Jayshawn Tate. I do believe that. So I think that he's going to be coming off the bench he it's just a question of whether he's getting 24 minutes a night off the bench or if he's getting 18 if it's 18 it's not enough as good as he is it's not enough to produce fantasy value in standard leagues in that limited amount of playing time he's going to be so up and down i made the prediction i I'm sticking to my guns. It looks more true than ever that he is going to be the Shen Goon of this season. And when I'm, when I say that, I mean that he's going to be the guy that teases us. We see the, we see the value. We see the per minute production. We see the talent, but he's just not going to get enough minutes early on. And he's just going to frustrate you because you're probably going to hold him for too long. Um, if we see an injury to Eric Gordon, if we see an injury to, um, Jabari Smith, or even if we see an injury to Jay Sean Tate, I think that that is enough to boost him to fantasy relevancy. So I'm still absolutely taking him in, in fantasy drafts. I'm taking him as a flyer. I'm having, happy to try, take him as early as pick 12. If I'm on the turn, pick 11. If I'm close to turn, pick 11. Once it's onto your bench, I think it's okay if you need what, he'd got, what he does in terms of rebounds, steals, and blocks. I think it's okay. But just don't get ahead of yourself and draft him any earlier than that in the 10th round or earlier because there's a lot of downside in terms of his minutes. And I think that you might be you might be frustrated to start the season. But I do think that in the second half of the year, especially when they realize that either A, everyone knows who Eric Gordon is and they just don't want to give you a first round pick and you trade him for a second or two seconds or whatever it is, or you shut him down, that Easton's going to be amazing. He's going to be playing 25, 26 minutes a night, and he's going to be putting up really, really good stats. So he will be someone to, if he's on the waiver wire, I'd be grabbing him. If you're in a shallower format, like a 10-team league, I'd be having him on my watch list at the very, very least, and absolutely making that switch as soon as anything happens. So, yeah, that is someone who, obviously, I do like. Jabari Smith, while we're on the uh, the subject of the Rockets, is, again, he came out in his first game, absolutely killed it, rolled his ankle, hasn't been seen since. He I think it was 50-50 whether he was going to play the last game. I think he sat out, just for cautionary reasons, but he should be back to start the season, uh, I still love him just as much as I ever did. I mean, nothing of my opinion has changed for Jabari Smith since before that first game, after that first game, the rolled ankle. He's always been a guy to me that's been in the like, the 60s. Uh, I'm happy to take him. I took him... Where did I take him in? Like, 67 in the World Cup draft. Uh, he, he suited what I wanted to do in terms of getting me some defensive stats and threes and rebounds. I wasn't too worried about his field goal percentage and that kind of a build. If I I prefer to take him in the 70s or 80s where he sometimes does go in drafts. I've seen people draft him in the hundreds in the YouTube comments. It sounds crazy, but he is. He's ranked in like the 130s on Yahoo. So still an amazing, amazing sleeper for a lot of those casual uh, fantasy players out there. So Jabari Smith... If you can get him for cheap, I still am 100% in on him. And again, to keep going with the Rockets, Jalen Green has looked really good. Kevin Porter Jr. has looked good. I think that they're both going to be picking up where they left off last season. I'm maybe a little bit more keen on Kevin Porter Jr. just because he has a bit more versatility to his game. The assists are a bit nicer. Um, Not dramatically, but he gets a little bit more steals. Be aware of the free throw percentage. I think the field goal percentage will be better. The turnovers will be better this season. They won't necessarily be great, but I don't think they're going to absolutely kill you. Um, the free throw percentage is probably going to be his biggest negative this season, but I still think that he's going to be a much improved player this season. He's still very, very young. So lots of exciting things happen in Houston. I've said that they're going to be my league pass team this year. Very, very exciting stuff happening over there in Houston. And uh, if you're a Rockets fan, um, strap yourself in. I think you're in for a fun year. Absolutely. Santi Aldama, we, we referenced before... Came out hot in the first couple of preseason games. Shot the ball really, really well. Has cooled off recently, but I still expect him to be solid to start this season. I think that he's going to provide good threes. Uh, it might get you a block per game. The rebounds will be decent. The percentages will be okay as well. Not going to hurt you really anywhere in terms of percentages or turnovers. So he's, a, he's an okay guy to be taking in the last couple of rounds. If you need a center, that's going to give you some good value in threes I think that he can do so. I grabbed him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl to handcuff him with Jaron Jackson Jr. because I really desperately needed a center in that league. I'm punting a lot of center stats. So he's a good guy to fill that position there. Just be aware that the value will completely evaporate when Jaron Jackson Jr. is back. He is not going to be someone that holds value in that situation. But again, for short term, if you're in a competitive league and you want a decent center to do that, Aldama is a good player to add to your team in the late rounds. This next guy um, I'm very excited about. Trey Murphy has been playing really, really well. I really like the fit of him next to Zion. He played well even with Zion out of the lineups with um, players like Valanciunas, Zion, um, Brandon Ingram. I think they've all missed a couple of games in the preseason. He started every single time when one of those guys has missed. So I think that he's going to have plenty of starts this season when players do miss games. And he's going to be getting... I think he's going to be their sixth man off the bench. He's going to be getting enough minutes, in my opinion, to be worthwhile in fantasy rosters this year. His, his value is very much um, efficient shooting in threes. He might get some decent rebounds. Could he get a steal and a block per game or close enough to it? He To me, his ceiling is like... As funny as it sounds, he's got a bit of a Michael Porter Jr. about him in terms of efficient shooting, rebounds, a seal and a block, low turnovers, that kind of stat profile. Now, I don't know if he has quite the ceiling this season, but that kind of stat profile, so Michael Porter Jr. light is how I see Trey Murphy, especially if he can keep the efficiency up. And I don't really see a reason as to why he won't, just because Zion is creating so much gravity around him. He's going to get so many open looks. He looks really good this season. He looks confident. He's getting up um, a lot of shots as well. So Trey Murphy, to me, is one of the better late-round flyers that you could be taking if you need those kind of stats. So do like me some Trey Murphy. And staying with the the Pelicans, Zion, man. This dude looks like an absolute animal. I, I know I've been off on him from a fantasy point of view, but I love him from an NBA point of view. He is someone who could really just dominate the league and he is nearly unstoppable when he goes to the rim. Um, the thing for me for fantasy is his defensive stats. If they come around, that's the game changer for me. I haven't seen it yet, so that's why I'm a bit hesitant. The value of his field goal percentage is great on a team that needs it, but again, a lot of the time you if you're the Giannis team, I see him getting paired with Giannis all the time. You're just going to be so far and away better than every other team in field goal percentage that it just, it, it, his value is not as, um, it's not as clear in that type of a build, and he doesn't necessarily have the three steals, blocks, the assists are okay but not excellent, the rebounds are okay but not excellent, the poor free throw percentage. Um, yes, he's scoring a lot of points, and that's great, that's awesome, um, but to me, he's more of a third round on a Luka team, fourth round on a Zion team, just for me personally. I hope that makes sense. But as as a as a player, for his total upside, I think he could be in for something really special this season. Fingers crossed that he is healthy and doesn't miss too many games. And the last guy we'll talk about, the Aussie, Josh Giddy. His shooting looks really good. He's been making um, efficient shots from threes, pull-ups, catch and shoots, um, off the dribble, He's, he's looking really, really nice. He's getting some steals and some games. He was a guy that I thought his ADP and his, his, um, where he was going in drafts was a bit too high. I still think it's a little bit too high, but it could pay off. It could be worthwhile. He's unique in the way that he is someone who gets you rebounds and assists, two things that are very difficult to come by in the one player. A lot of people are concerned about the Thunder shutting down early for uh, Wemben Nyamba, and there's some legitimacy to me legitimacy to that. Uh, I've been talking too long. But I'm not too worried about it. I, I, I Again, you've just got so many teams that if you, you're worried about all of them, it just limits your player pool to, to not many guys. So, Look, I think he, he definitely could be a top 60 guy. I still think that you probably should be drafting him outside of the 60 to 70 range, but again, the assists are valuable and he does look very nice. He's still super young. So his dynasty value is um it's pretty high in my opinion. I think he's a really, really good dynasty asset. So I do think that Josh Giddy has uh you know, we haven't seen him with, with Shay yet, so maybe maybe the usage drops a little bit when Shea does come back and um maybe the uh, the ball isn't in his in his hands quite as much, but I do wanted to just shout out that he does look good and um the ADP of what we said earlier in the season, it could work out. It also still might not, but it's looking a little bit less silly now, and to finish off guys, just just a few guys there's not many, but a few guys that are you know people might be worrying about or panicking a little bit, uh, players that are looking rusty so I've just got three guys in here again, I don't read too much into players struggling in preseason or anything like that, but again, it's just to talk about guys that people might be a little bit uh, panicky about. And there are some guys that I think that we might have gotten a bit too excited about before these games as well. So the first guy here, Jalen Smith, looks like he's not playing the best at power forward so far for the paces. Um, the shooting is worse. We did need to take that in consideration. Came over to Indiana last year and shot the ball really well from three. And that um, that made him look a little bit better than what I think he is. I don't think that shooting efficiency will be as high as it was last year. So maybe a drop in his field goal percentage compared to his numbers post All-Star break. We should expect that. But the thing is that I'm not really worried about because there's no one really there to challenge his role. Like there's there's O'Shea Brissett who's like their power forward backup. I don't think they're going to play Isaiah Jackson at, at power forward. They're probably not going to put Goga out there in power forward. So his his role in his minutes to me seem pretty safe. I don't. I'm not too concerned from that point of view. It just is that maybe we don't expect him to hit his like per 36 numbers that he was doing um you know maybe he's still going to be a good rebounder though I still think he's going to block at least a shot per game so he'll still be solid I never said I never believed that he had very very high upside but he is just a very solid guy so I'm not super worried but maybe the, the only worry that I would have is that he's so bad that they drop his minutes cuz again we we've only seen him do it for a 20 game stretch so far so that risk is real but in saying that, there's no one really to replace him unless they make a trade, which could happen on a team like the Pacers. Um, the next guy that has been underwhelming so far, um, at least in a lot of other people's eyes, is Cade Cunningham. I'm not worried. Not worried at all. I haven't adjusted Cade at all on my rankings. He's still the guy that I expect him to be. The, the Detroit, the Detroit are not good. <laughs> we know that, but... Cade, I think, is a special talent, and I think that when the games start to really matter, he's going to come out there with a point to prove. He has had a preseason, which is a good thing. Last year, he had the ankle injury that interrupted his preseason. So just the fact that he's out there this season, I I still think that he's going to be really good. Efficiency is going to be pretty poor. Turnovers are going to be very high. So ideally, he's in a punt field goal, punt turnover build but he's still going to be a decent rebounder for a point guard. The assists will be there. I think the steals will be nice. You know, maybe he's not scoring 25 points per night, but I still think he can get you 22, 23. And, um, you know, the, the consistency might be a bit hit and miss, but I still have K where I had him before, so I'm not as worried on him. And then just one more guy here. Um, Alperen is, um is someone that hasn't really... You know, we haven't seen the maybe the upside that we wanted to see so far with his extended minutes. He's had some flashes here and there with some good playmaking opportunities and things like that. But I think that we've priced him out so far at the moment. I think that he's going in the 50s. Sometimes I see him go in the 40s. Um, in the 60s is better because, again, the centers are harder to find. But there's a real risk that he he disappoints a lot of people this season because of how much we've hyped him up. Myself included, I think, you know, reflecting on where I've got him ranked, um, I, again, it's tough. There's so many. There's there's so many poor big men. Like you've got Valentunas who I have in a similar kind of a spot. There's a lot of downside there. So who else are you going to have there? Maybe it's Wendell Carter Jr., who I spoke about before. Maybe you would take a, a player like him over over a uh, a Shengun. You've got the free throw percentage with Wendell Carter. Shangoon might be a little bit better in steals. So. It's a tough one. I think that he still has a chance at doing what we expect him to do, but the signs have been a little bit worrying for me. I'm a little bit concerned, um, and especially because of the excitement that we had about him and his ADP pushing up as high as it did. I think there is a little bit of, I don't want to say bust potential, but just disappointment potential for Shen in this season because of the high hopes and expectations that we had for him. So... That will do it for us today, guys. Let us know down in the comments on YouTube what you think of everything that's standing out to you in the uh, preseason so far. Who are you excited about? Who have you been watching? Who's disappointed to you and you're worried about? Let us know down in the comments. And again, if you are new to the channel, make sure you guys are subscribed. There's plenty of you guys watching the videos that are not subscribed, so please hit that subscribe button. We're going to have so much fantasy content coming this season. Coming up this week, we're going to be talking about how to approach week one and then also my predictions for the championship and all the awards coming up this season. And uh, head over to ballboysnba.com. Grab a draft guide. It's not too late. I'll see you guys later. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?